Hello, and welcome to this special edition of Joy Sounds, music you need to know. I'm your host, Chris Sampson. On today's episode, we not only meet one world-class artist, we get to meet two. The husband and wife team of jazz vocalist Latanya Hall and Juno Award-winning pianist-composer Andy Milne. Latanya's most recent record, titled Say Yes, is a creative reimagining of tunes spanning multiple generations and genres. While Andy's most recent record, The Remission, distills his compositional palette down to a trio format. As we'll hear in our conversation, both of these records emerged as a result of the couple's intertwined creative process, as well as being confronted with and overcoming personal challenges. During the show, we'll hear two tracks from Latanya's record, Pensativa and Jitterbug Waltz, and two tracks from Andy's record, Drive By the Fall and Winter Palace. So let's begin the show with the tune Pensativa, performed by Latanya Hall and arranged by Andy Milne on Joy Sounds. Do you in your 
And that was Pensativa, performed by Latanya Hall. And it is my pleasure to not only welcome Latanya to Joy Sounds, but jazz pianist and her husband, Andy Milne. Welcome, Latanya and Andy. How are you? Good, Chris. Good. Good. Happy to be here with you. Latanya, I've always been such a fan of your your singing, your interpretations, and Pensativa. What a great example of... Thank you so much. And this is off uh, your most recent record, Say Yes. Tell me a little bit about the song choices for this particular record. Yeah, I mean, you know, the last record I did, which was 10 years earlier, was a big band record that was really just middle of the road straight ahead. And I always said for my next record that I really wanted to be very choosy uh, about the songs that I picked. So I spent quite a few years just learning tunes and sort of doing deep dives on on different things. I became really fascinated with instrumental jazz and I became a bit obsessed with finding tunes that started out originally as instrumentals and then later had lyrics added. It led me to a couple of Thelonious Monk tunes, some Cannonball Adderley stuff, but each tune had to resonate with me lyrically as well as musically and I just I'm really happy with how it all came together and Mm. and how we made these choices. So that's really interesting that you specifically gravitated towards these tunes that were Mm -hmm. instrumentals first. So my guess is, is that you also in your research and your preparation had these different interpretations one with the lyrics and then the instrumental version as well did that shape your vocal performance it did because you know of course we we listen to different arrangements and we get influenced by what we hear right so i would hear like the the first time i heard some of these thelonious monk tunes was uh carmen mccray's great album where she did a bunch of It's just a fantastic record. But then when you go back and you listen to the original instrumental recording, there was a sometimes a really different level of emotion that was brought to the performance. And so I kind of wanted to live inside of the instrumental for a while to really get my own grasp of how to put this tune across. 
and listening to how, say, like a Thelonious Monk would interpret his own music mm-hmm. out of his own instrument was the, the biggest learning tool for me about how to put these tunes across. And your attention to detail in the storytelling aspect of singing is really fascinating. And, and are you able to tell us a little bit, how do you go about getting inside that lyric to tell the story in such an effective way? Well, you know, I mean, I believe that our job as singers and musicians, period, is to be storytellers. Our job is to communicate. And so when I am choosing a song, uh, the first thing I do before I learn a note is read through the lyric. Mm and really understand what the lyric means to me. You know, a lot of what I talk to my students about, because I'm also an educator, is when you are singing, you have to, it has to come from a place of honesty. It has to come from a place of an emotional viewpoint that is honest, because no matter how unsophisticated an audience is, they can detect a false note and they can detect when somebody isn't being genuine with them. So it's really important that we get out of our head of sound production and really inside of the story, and then the voice naturally follows. So for me, when I I hear great singers who are great communicators, I see pictures. Mm. I see pictures. I see the story as they're telling it to me. And that's what I always want to communicate when I'm singing to an audience. I don't want them to necessarily get fixated on the sound of the voice. I want you to see the story. I want you to see the picture unfolding in your mind like a movie. And then I'm successful. It's not easy work. It's not. I mean, you know, you know how they always say you should leave it all on the stage? I kind of feel like when you've had a really good performance and you've really tapped into that um, that vulnerability, I guess is the best way that I can say it, because you're really sort of opening your heart center to your audience in order to be able to do this effectively. When you finish a show and you're exhilarated and exhausted at the same time, then you know you've, you've left it on the stage, right? You've right. done something right, because it takes a takes a lot of emotional energy and it takes a lot of physical energy to, to do it effectively. And this record prominently featured Andy as well. Tell us a little bit about how the two of you worked together during this record. And I also know that there was, uh, as you say, some synergy between Latanya's record, Say Yes, and Andy's record, the remission that we're going to talk about a little bit. But let's let's talk about Say Yes and that collaboration. If there were a way that I would be able to slow down and like focus on one aspect of my sort of artistic curiosity, sort of superimposed as, as like, you do this because the universe is telling you to do this, you know? Mm. But then it's like, it just takes a while for the universe to really get the message across. But like working with Latanya and this recording, it's like, she, as she was saying before, her having a desire to make a new recording. And meanwhile, you know, we talk about music like all day, every day in our sort of personal lives at home. And so I'm in the midst of her sharing what she's, you know, her aspirations are. I'm dealing with whatever recording projects I have or, or new, new ventures that, I've been, that have been in the pipeline for a while. And so there's like this very difficult balancing act of maintaining the things that are already on the docket and the things that are coming down and things that I've been curious about and opportunities that people are throwing my way. And so it took, it, you know, she, she's talking, she sort of condensed it as though it was just sort of like, oh, it just happened. But really, <laughs> it was probably several years, you know, probably about yeah. five, six years of her yeah. saying, oh, I want to make a record. And I'm like, I got all these things in the pipeline. Yeah. And she, you know, I, at that time we started working together a lot, not necessarily for the mu- the music that's on this recording, but other things that sort of were, you know, a stage in a way uh, yeah. to get to this, you know, so that was like kind of what we were doing, diff- working with different musicians and 
you had this project that was kind of like a, Sarah, a tribute to Sarah Vaughan. And so mm-hmm. there was this whole narrative that was a sort of stage. No, it wasn't a stage play, but it was just, it just, it was a show that you know, she talked a lot about the, sort of like the links to Sarah and these pieces. So there was all these kind of pre say yes uh, opportunities for us to kind of develop our working rapport on music. Oh, that's great. We finally get closer to that point where like, okay, I can see the spot in the calendar. I can see the right. things aligning here, you know, and some of them were sort of superimposed on us and other things were just like, you know, you kind of go, yeah, okay, it's time, right? I love hearing that this album was actually a part of an evolution. Yeah, oh, for sure. It was, it was a long, long process. And what I love about the way Andy arranges tunes is he will never do anything that sounds like anybody else. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, or, or, that's, or, or try not or, to or really try not to. And that's, that was, that's what was so exciting to me was to really be able to talk to him about like the lyrics and what the story was about, and then have that inform how he arranged the tune. And you'll, you'll hear that in particular on the second song that, that you're going to be playing later on. The arrangement really reflects the, the energy that I wanted to bring to the story. Right. And that's what I feel like we've been able to accomplish on every tune on this record is that it, it is a real synergy of the story and the music reflects the, the, the story that, that I really wanted to tell on this record. The band that plays on my record is Unison, Andy's band that also played on the remission. Nice, very nice. The fact that Andy had been playing together and that's, that's Clarence Penn on drums and Johnny Bear on bass who are just two world-class musicians absolutely also just sources of such incredible inspiration musically you know um, what they play can really change everything about how you interpret this music so it was um, a gift to be able to have them on the record we were able to sort of simultaneously create and record on both projects sometimes at the same time which was uh, another gift yeah, I mean, in a way, it, it, it still speaks to process, though, because I didn't mm-hmm. actually use any of the tracks from that, but it was process. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, because it's like I knew that I knew I knew that as Latanya said, I knew that I wanted to do a trio. I had friends that were hassling me like for years, saying, "Man, you need to do a trio. Nobody knows you as a pianist this way." And I got all these big projects where it's like I'm a composer, I'm nestled in these areas, but I hadn't really done the thing that most jazz pianists kind of almost start. I was avoiding it, you know, mm. and so. It, as I kind of rounded that corner with life just sort of coming to me and saying, do this, it also aligned with Latanya wanting to make a recording. And so I just thought, well, these are two sides to my musical personality. Mm-hmm. And so I, I thought if I can synergize these things with the same individuals, then we build a rapport that's robust because we have a, a way of uh, connecting and communicating, playing the material that Latanya wants to sing. And we have a way of communicating and connecting on the material that I was writing and wanting to play with as, as a trio. So it had this very robust, um, you know, personality to it. And, and it gave, it gave me a chance to figure out actually what I wanted to do with the trio because I wasn't sure yeah. what I, where I thought it was going to go. And, and I think working on this album with Latanya helped me clarify that. Okay. We opened the show with a track off of Latanya's record, Say Yes. But let's let's hear a track off of Andy's record, The Remission. And the one that you have queued up for us is Drive By The Fall. Tell us about this composition. Funny, it was kind of the apex between writing that I had been doing pretty consistently for the, the group that I've had since the late 90s, DAP Theory, mm-hmm. where I really kind of developed a sense of how I was writing for the group, even though the, the, the members have changed over the years. And as I was kind of approaching the trio, 
I, I did, like at the time you mentioned, we had these several sessions that, you know, and some of them for me didn't end up on the record because I was writing material that didn't quite align with where this group really was supposed to live. Mm -hmm. And I think this piece is sort of has one leg in the future, one leg in the past, you know, in a sense. And I don't want to say the past, but just just in terms of transformative from the point of view of me kind of grasping how I could um, best get, uh, you know, best composed for, for this particular entity. But there's a little trace, I guess, of, of other parts of my musical interest. And so it just sort of, had, it's more of a longer arc than a short, short song form in a way, because there's sort of several sections and then there's sort of open sections that are left for development. Mm -hmm. and, and it kind of, it kind of encapsulates maybe a few sides of different aspects of my personality and, and, and musical projects over the years. This is Drive By the Fall off of the latest record by Andy Milne, The Remission, here on Joy Sounds.
And that was Drive By The Fall by Andy Milne off of his latest record, The Remission. You guys were explaining before that you were recording these records almost simultaneously, it sounds like, or at least working on them in that way. But this was also a very challenging time for you personally as well. So you you also had to contend with some very real life challenges while going about this, right? Yeah, it's, it was it was a tough time for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Andy was diagnosed with cancer and we had to navigate that. We had to navigate surgery. We had to navigate radiation. We had to navigate all the after effects. We had to navigate how were we going to, you know, work and and pay our bills while the healing process was going on. Sure. How were we going to keep creating? What does this mean for the long term? So it was a lot to wrestle with in the moment. We're very fortunate that Andy is healthy. Yeah. You know, and we're on the other side of it. And hopefully it just gives a a new level of pathos to how we create and what we create having gone through this. But it was, uh, it was a pretty surreal time. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I I get little glimmers of memories of, of, you know, basically from the second half of 2017 through most of 2018. um, When I, you know, kind of recall um, sort of pivotal moments of acceptance or pivotal just moments of defiance or or just like revelations and 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 just things as you mature into your own you know and and, and eventual um decay but but it, it, how does that you know how does that inform your choices and how does that motivate you to um be still your best self and and, and to you know want to grow and want to, you know, I guess, generate positive energy for yourself. Yeah. You know, there's, it's hard to always, you know, put words on things like, you know, sometimes places, sounds, smells, tastes, these different things often are far more poignant than me trying to like throw words out there to, to kind of um, describe something because it's like, there's, there's, you just have memories about things that, that, that kind of, flow through you as you as you kind of experience things and i i i i kind of enjoy the 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 ability that i can um cross-reference those things sometimes even though i don't necessarily have you know total recall and as a fellow cancer survivor i completely understand it's it's um it's a pivotal life moment yet at the same time i specifically remember being so in the moment while going through it i i um it's hard for me to kind of process into words so I, I, yeah. I kind of appreciate that it's it's much more about um, an awareness a realignment and yeah, yeah and, big time you know and you can't help but have that sort of turning point from something like this and it it looks like it became a very prominent feature in this record right I mean obviously the title of the record the remission yeah for my record for sure yeah yeah Yeah. you know because it it was a turning point it it was a turning point in terms of the thing that i'd been sort of putting off you know which was getting into this trio and environment and really trying to embrace it um full on as well as sort of you know making a a shift in my in my uh, lifestyle and a shift in in a lot of things i mean i ended up getting a job where i was moving and we ended up moving, you know, and it's like there's, there's a whole lot of stuff that happened in 2018 
that I couldn't have anticipated at the top of 2017. Yeah. Of course, I could say that this year, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then it prepared you for 2020. Exactly. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> uh, Before I knew I had cancer, I was on this quest that was, you know, involving the idea of healing, but the idea of understanding oneself uh, from a complete health and psychological profile as a composer or as a performer, and with with an understanding or a desire to understand the people I was collaborating with in the same way. And so I was working, you know kind of working through concepts relating to wellness and relating to using homeopathic healing to kind of inform my compositional process for the last 10 years. Of course, for me, discovering that, you know, I was making this record that was all about that. And it's not this record, but a previous, the previous record, all about this. And then discovering I had this, you know, carrying around this diagnosis was sort of like, wow, that's ironic. Uh, you know, so I've kind of, since since coming to Ann Arbor and, and, and sort of having the opportunity to work and collaborate with colleagues in the in the University of University of Michigan, where there's sort of so many different subject areas and, and, and expertise in a lot of different areas of, of study, it kind of it kind of allowed me to continue along this path as a as a musician, as a composer, as a curious spirit, you know. And so now I'm working with folks in public health and trying to develop these ideas that we can use music with, with people with chronic pain. And, 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 and so it's, 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 it kind of continues there. So I, I kind of have this other face that I'm you know, trying to balance within being a, a, a musician and educator. And, and I guess just somebody who wants to see profound change in the way we um, treat ourselves. You're both educators as well. Latanya, you're at Oberlin, and Andy at University of Michigan. How does the, the, the teaching aspect of things, that rearticulating your artistry to a student, how does that come back to you and inform you as artists? <laughs> I, I have a saying written on my wall in my office at Oberlin, and it's an old Chinese proverb, and it says, to teach is to learn twice. I have grown tremendously as an artist just from the art of just from the act of teaching right because one my students push me in ways that we may not think about they have questions that sometimes i have to do a little more in-depth research in order to answer they're turning me on to new types of music they're you know sort of expanding my horizons as i'm expanding theirs and we we can't sit in this sort of authoritarian position in teaching because it really is just this very symbiotic flow of energy and information. I am extraordinarily grateful for the ability to be able to teach. I look at it as a gift to be able to do this every week, to be able to pass on this music to a new generation, to be able to shape how art is, some art, some art is being made as we move forward. And I'm incredibly grateful for that. We're going to hear another song off of Latanya's latest record, Say Yes, this very quirky arrangement of Jitterbug Waltz. Well, I mean, the, the original Fats Waller version of this is almost whimsical in his treatment of it, you know, and, and sub subsequent instrumental versions I've heard have always been, you know, just very bouncy. And But then when I took out the look at the lyrics and I realized this is a very sexy song. Mm -hmm. You know, when you look at um, our, 
Our feet can barely move. My legs are yelling, whoa, but we're in such a groove that love is still advancing. We've nothing left for moves more strenuous than hugging, but we don't need much room to gently cut a rug in. We too, you know, and you think about talks about the band being tired and the crowd is almost gone and everybody wants to go home, but we're in this tango of romance, right? So I believe it, what were we playing at the deer head when mm-hmm. this sort of misstep mm-hmm, happened, mm-hmm. right? Musically. But he started playing this very angular sort of jangled version of this song. And I could just, you know, when I talked about seeing things in pictures and I could just picture this band being on a bandstand, like everybody's tired and they're playing wrong notes and, and, and it's very jangled and it's slow, but all I see is this romance blossoming between this other person. Right. So the the groove of it is very slow. It's almost a little dirty. Mm-hmm. It's a little angular. It's uh, and, and it just perfectly reflected the lyrics of this song and really, really, I feel allowed me to go deep in what I was trying to put across lyrically. This is Latanya Hall performing Jitterbug Waltz from her record Say Yes on Joy Sounds. Almost gone, yet here we are still dancing. Nothing to do but waltz. My feet can barely move, my legs are yelling, whoa. But we're in such a groove, and love is still advancing. Nothing to do but waltz. You can't suggest that we could go on jitter. Again. We've nothing left for moves more strenuous than hugging But we don't need much room to gently cut a rug in we too
Everybody's feeling loose and warm and kind of supple. Nothing to do but waltz. My man would slip away. Mom's just won't let go. I think I'd like to stay till we're the only couple. Nothing to do. And that was Jitterbug Waltz, performed by Latanya Hall, off of her latest record, Say Yes. You were saying earlier in our conversation that the two of you talk music all the time. And I'm just going to guess that 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 becomes a source of inspiration for the two of you. You just reflecting off of each other. And that's got to be really energizing to have the, you know, the two of you be able to bounce those ideas off of each other. Yeah. I mean, ironically, I never really... I had sort of, in my whole dating life, I swore off musicians, right? And I was like, I'm not dating a musician. I'm going to date a civilian. It's not going to happen. And Lord knows I end up marrying a musician. And the one thing that I was scared about was, you know, it was just going to be that kind of talk all the time. And I really wanted to sort of have a different energy to, to be able to communicate with. But I tell you what, one of the things that made me fall in love with this man was our ability to talk in depth about music. And I don't have to do a lot of exposition for him to understand. You know, he understands life on the road. He understands when I need to go on tour for 10 weeks. You know, he understands when I'm talking about harmonics area or when I'm talking about the way sound is produced or, or the evolution of a song. It's just, it's, it's really nice. it's really nice and i kind of i kind of took all of that that for granted so um yeah i feel very lucky that um i have somebody who gets it on such a deep level as i've alluded to throughout this conversation you know we have these different um processes and these different different thresholds you know and latanya's like she left her own device she'd like to just jump right to it 
you know, and I'm like, can let's unpack this. Let's just smell this onion and peel it back, you know? And uh, often that can be a source of inspiration and source of frustration at the same time. <laughs> oh, that's, un- that's completely understandable. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. We have these different styles, you know? And, yeah, yeah. and, and so she's like, what are you just, what are you saying? I'm like, <laughs> be patient, young grass rapper. I'm, I'm getting to it. <laughs> you know, that which is, is so true. Which is funny because she's the one who's like all about the story, right? I'm like, well, if there's a story here, then just sit your ass down and listen to I'm it. I'm like, but I just asked you what you wanted for lunch. <laughs> but, but for sure, it plays into the way we worked on you know, Latanya's record together. You know, you know, and I mean, like Latanya sort of, even though she's not present on on my most recent recording, she was on my previous recording with Dap Theory, and 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 that that dynamic existed in the way you know she would contribute by virtue of me either coming to her and saying, "What do you think of this?" or or just having a conversation. I'm kind of you know, and it's like that happens informally sometimes. Yeah, and 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 so she might just be like, "Oh, cut right to it." And I'm like, okay, I'm going to put a note for that and then look at that as I do my uh, unraveling the onion. I've got like a little input from my wife who's like, she just went right to it. And I'm like, okay, cool. I can't get right to it, but I will write that down and think about what that might entail or what, how I can incorporate that. Andy, in addition to how distinctive your arrangements are and your compositions, I'm also struck by how distinctive your vocabulary is in improvisation. Well, at the end of the day, I kind of want to make it, for lack of a better word, lyrical, which maybe means nothing in a, in a sense of many conversations, yeah. uh, because you can interpret that a gazillion ways. But I know what it means to me. And I think when I, when I think about melodicism, I think about voice leading, I think about um, balance, and I think about rhythm and how rhythm supports that. And so when there's this sort of melodic narrative happening or there's in my writing, I'm really focused on the independence of lines, but I'm focused on the counterpoint and, and how they can complement. And, and I guess, you know, there's pieces of mine that, that incorporate that very in your face. And then there's times where I do want to explore things that are more angular because I do have a, a curiosity for uh, lines that are, have more maybe surprises and more leaps and just mm-hmm. sometimes I might think of different instruments as, as either expressing them. And of course, if, if it's, you know, in this case, it's a trio. So it wasn't like I was writing for guitar or something like that, where an instrument that might play types of material more proficiently than others, you know. But at least I guess it's, it's you know, in this context of, of the trio, it's like I think that I still look for that sweet spot of how I can marry the, 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 the melodic lyrical material the sort of angular material and 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 the and the and the groove based stuff mm-hmm. with a kind of a smattering of spaciousness. And is that represented in the tune that we're going to have wrap up this episode, Winter Palace? Definitely got the lyrical. I wouldn't say the the, the spaciousness thing is probably part of that tune as much as it might have been the previous tune that we listened to, mm-hmm. by the fall. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it's certainly heavy on the lyrical. And it's heavy on it's heavy on rhythm and, 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 and rhythmic exploration as well. Great. Well, before we check this out, Winter Palace, Latanya, Andy, this has been like one of my favorite conversations ever. So thank you guys. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Thank you. This was a blast. Yeah. yeah. So to wrap up this episode, this is Andy Milne and his composition, Winter Palace, from his most recent record, The Remission, here on Joy Sounds.
Be sure to subscribe and follow Joy Sounds wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, follow us on all social media platforms using the handle at Joy Sounds Music. Are you an artist who would like to be on the show? Visit the contact page of our website at joysoundsmusic.com for more information. Until next time, this is Joy Sounds, music you need to know. Thank you.